0: Let's get rolling. Welcome to the Ops Call, everybody. Hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas. Anybody have a terrible Christmas or was okay for everybody? All good? All right, good. So um, I think we'll have a, a pretty light crew today, being the week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, but uh, let's, uh, if you can, get your cameras on and let's unmike. And since we have a small group today, let's, let's be more uh, collaborative than, than ever before, because it's a great opportunity. Um, last call of the year, um, everyone's prepping for next year, prepping for 2023. What's on your mind, guys? What are you dealing with? What are some challenges you have? What are some goals that you've set that you're not sure how you're going to achieve? Or what are some concerns that you have in going into the new year? Um, let's open the mics and and who's dealing with
1: something that we can try and support you with, uh, with as a group? What does everybody's time blocks kind of, does anybody
2: else time block their day out?
0: Tell us more. So th- do you time block your day out, Stephanie?
2: I do my best to, but, Sometimes, you know, little fires come up and others always kind of take priority and that kind of stuff there. So sometimes I kind of struggle to get back into my time blocks unless it's like a meeting that I absolutely have to be in. But um, I'm just kind of trying to figure out a way to maybe restructure my time blocks or kind of be better um, about that so that, I mean, not a lot of things slip through the cracks, but just to help make sure that nothing is slipping to the cra- through the cracks as much as possible when I do get. A little
0: Got off Got it. That. And what, uh, what is your role? Are you an agent? Are you an ops person? Are you a so team? So
2: I'm currently the executive assistant, but transitioning into director of operations role. So I Got do it. a lot of operations staff, a lot of assisting with like marketing, onboarding our agents, um, the hiring and that kind of part there.
0: Got it. Okay. Um, and so so you have some priorities on, on things you have to do each day. And then there's always fires that come up
1: mm-hmm.
0: plenty of fires, right?
2: <laughs> Love fires. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Um, who feels like they have a, a level of skill with regard to this? Cause I think we all have things that come up, right? Always.
3: So one thing that I do, um, I have the same similar role, Stephanie, I'm director of operation and what I do. So depending on, I'm not sure when you start your day, um, but like how, what starts for me is my day starts more on a personal note. I always serve myself before I serve others. So I'm waking up, going to the gym, getting my like mindset up and rolling, um, seven 8 o'clock. I'm already late. Like in my head, if I'm not like already checked my emails, um, personally, I think I'm just late. So if your time starts at like nine o'clock or whatever, um, that might just be something that you talk to with your partner or your boss. But I always like to personally start um, behind closed doors. So if the team comes in at nine or 10, I need to have my stuff a whole hour before like, Before even my like an admin comes in, like I need to have the office to myself or my zone. So whether um, before what I used to do is I stay home and then I would um, check all the emails, delegate the task for the day. So if the admin had to do this, if we had the upcoming closings, um, just to really get making sure after checking the emails, because, as you know, things come up, then I actually prioritize the day. So my like daily planner. Um, I'll show you, I printed it out. Like I have it time blocked from like 6 a.m. all the way till like 10. Mm-hmm. I have like what I'm grateful for, my lunch plan, dinner plan, who do I need to call, my water intake, priority of the days. And then I have like, oh, like checkbox. So every time I'm actually doing that. Throughout the day, you have to time block four fires. So today um, I got my stuff I needed to do task-wise, but at 10 o'clock, I knew the team needed the accountability coach. There's things that they needed to get done. I needed to tighten up the system. So I gave myself two hour grace period to know I had to put out those fires. Knowing that you handle those fires so quick that when you give yourself two hours, you're kind of like, oh, I'm done. Now you go back to your task. So just knowing to give yourself like time away and then giving yourself like two hours in that day to handle the fires, you will notice there's so many less fires that pop up that are actually occurring if you're organized that way. And then just tell them like, how big is the fire? Is the closing at three o'clock and it's two o'clock? Okay, that's a priority. Um, is it somebody that their KV Core is not working right now, and you know they just really wanted to send out this auto email? That's they have to go on KV Core support and you prioritize it, letting your team know that you have you know, it's like a cultural thing. So they mm-hmm. know that 10 to 12, they can really count on Stephanie. It's an open door policy and it's not like an annoyance because that was another thing I had to work out was I'm like, why are you guys bothering me when you can't think of that? You know, your director of yeah. operations for 30 something or whatever people you can't, you have to have your face, you have to have your composure. So knowing mm-hmm. to give yourself that two hours for that door to be mm-hmm. open it helped a lot knowing that the six other hours was me task or whatever I needed to get done.
2: Okay. That's helpful.
0: Helpful for the team to know also when they can come to you, Jesse. <clears throat> right? They they can't just, oh, got a minute, got a minute, like all day long. They know that there's a block of time that you're available for them, correct?
3: Yes. And they know they can text me and stuff, but during that window, I'm going to be way more proactive than if it's a three thirty or something. It's almost like they know they can count on me at that time.
1: hmm
0: And uh, Stephanie, how much would you say is external versus internal? In other words, um, if if there's no if there's nothing that's coming up from agents on the team, <clears throat> are you having? trouble? Are you are you pretty good about prioritizing your own activities throughout the day?
2: Um, if nothing's popping up, I'm pretty good about prioritizing my own on the day. Like I know what projects are being worked on and what the timeline is and that kind of thing there. I'm very good about um getting project timelines just so then I know exactly what date it needs to be done by. Um, as long as nobody's pestering me, things will get done. Um, yeah. And I'll stay on track with my schedule. So hmm.
0: And how many agents are on, on the the team, Stephanie?
2: Uh, We have nine now. Mm -hmm. So, but they're all, um, except for one, they're all like brand new, just finished up schools. So there's a lot of questions and that kind of stuff there. Um, And I'm not an agent. So sometimes it's kind of hard for me to answer those questions. (laughs) So I have to like. Ask my team lead and work on getting those answers on my own, because I just
3: I sometimes don't know them myself. So are you the transaction coordinator, along with Okay, so you have a TC or a listing Mm -hmm. input. Okay, yeah, because that makes there are some
2: questions that I can refer over to her. But other questions are more suited um, for. And we just got an agent mentor. started, but she's still kind of in training and that kind of stuff. And we're still kind of navigating that position. So if anybody has an agent mentor that has some tips, please share them. Um, cause we're struggling a little bit with that one.
0: What questions do you have surrounding that the agent mentor?
2: Well, I'm, I'm kind of starting to feel like it's right person, but like wrong seat. of a thing i think that she's a great agent she's very motivated but um like we had a team huddle today and she wasn't on the huddle and sometimes she will be on the huddle and you know there isn't a camera on and that kind of stuff there and it's there's the initiative of being an agent but not the initiative of being a mentor that she presented when she was interviewed um and it's kind of you know when she's here and physically present She'll demonstrate all of these great mentor and leadership qualities, but then outside of that, it's, we don't really see from her, hear from her. She doesn't really support the agents and she's been with us. I mean, we're coming up on her 90 days here in a couple of weeks in January. So it's kind of frustrating in that aspect, but at the same time, we're still within those 90 days to kind of be like, we're still in that trial period of, if it's not a fit, it's not a fit. Yeah.
0: Very special skill to be a mentor, for sure. Takes a lot of patience and a lot of care. Um, how, how is the mentor compensated, Stephanie?
2: So they're able to take sales. We don't like limit them on sales or anything like that. So they're able to take leads and that kind of stuff. Um, and then they get 50% of the first three deals from the agent's commission splits. So like when we bring a new agent on, um, unless they're like an experienced agent with, I think our cutoff is like seven or eight transactions under their belt. Um, If they have that, they don't have to work with the agent mentor, but um, if they don't have that, then we have them work with the agent mentor was our plan initially um, for that. And then she would get 50% of their half of the commission for the first three deals. And then if they decide to continue that on, like if the agent feels like they still need more support, they're able to continue that agreement if they choose to and then um, decide when they want to end that.
0: And aside from the mentor, the 50-50 with the mentor, what's what's their – people that come in with seven or eight transactions, what's their split with the team?
1: Um,
2: I believe it's – I think they're – 40 and we're 60. It like varies depending on if we give them the lead and then if they like if it's from their own sphere.
0: Right. So if you if let's say it's from their own sphere, do you think it's more like 50-50? Or yeah, is it if
2: it's from their own sphere? It's
0: okay. 50/50. So if they bring in somebody, if they're a newer agent, they bring in their friend that wants to sell a home, they're on a 50-50 split, and then they're going to pay the mentor 50% of their half. So they're getting 25% of the deal. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. Got it. Seems yeah, like there'd be just, enough incentive for a mentor to participate, right? Yeah, considering next that
2: 20. right now we're kind of targeting those that are just kind of getting their license and getting out of school. So it's, we have, I mean, a lot of agents that need the assistance and need the help. So I'm like, there's incentive and money there. It's not like we are, you know, occasionally getting one that needs help. It's all of our agents need that kind of help.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So
0: I'd be curious. uh, So we have Kenny and Colton, two of like the best of the best of the best. I'm so excited to see you guys here. Merry Christmas to you guys and to everybody else, of course. But um, do you guys have anything that you can chime in with regard to how to properly mentor newer agents on the team? Um, I don't know if that's what Stephanie, on. she's the Moving into the director of ops role on her team. Is that
4: commonly done where the mentor? Yeah, do, you, do you just have one? I, I think from conversation you said you, you have one mentor.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one.
4: What, um, is it clear what our obligations are, like our responsibilities are for the team and what, they're, what, they're, they're, what topics they're the go to person for?
2: Yes. So it's, I had the initial like, conversation with her after she had spoken with our team lead. When she interviewed and he went over you know the job description the role what the duties are and that kind of stuff there and then when i was doing onboarding and that initial training it was you know we need you assisting with you know xyz questions these would go to you training on this would go to you that kind of thing there um
4: how many mentees do you have right now and that she's assigned to
2: right now we have three that oh. should be assigned to her however my team lead is doing it because we can't consistently get her to attend things. And he doesn't feel like she's ready to be the mentor yet because she hasn't shown that initiative, but it makes it difficult because I have things that I need him to get done. And it's kind of holding up that process. Cause he's okay. having to take it's, time to. We can't them. be
4: with the attendance, but what we, what we learned in the last year, so I have like, I think 40 mentees. No, sorry. Like we we renamed the program by the way. We actually had a lot of problems for over an entire year. So this is my third, third full year here. Um, for first two years, we first second and latter half first year and most of last year, we had the mentor program, but it was kind of a mess up uh, because what we found were the quality of mentors weren't vetted out. So now we we have it, they had to do a certain amount of deals to even be in the program. And then later we upgrade that you have to be a certified mentor to take more seriously. Uh, and then we actually renamed the entire program to advisors advisee to cut back on the confusion. Cause what we found, you know, mentees are just, I would say 80% of them are pretty terrible. They'll call the mentor last minute. So there's not very clear boundaries on what it is. And what we found also mentees are asking the mentors for the most random stuff. Cause they think they're like they're a, a coach. Um, like, you know, like, Hey, how do I farm? How do I work my CRM? So when we moved our responsibility to be more like, um, Claire, where the ment, our mentor, uh, first like this conversation, we're mentor, but in our team we don't use that word. We use the advisor. Um, they only do contractual stuff. They're here to help you for your first three contracts, and then we advise against working. Like we really promote against working with the mentee on the deal together. Like try to not do that unless you absolutely have to, because we found some of the mentors are trying to get on the deal, and then we, we kicked them out the program. So you're gonna get a struggle, especially with such a small sample size, you're gonna get really low quality mentees and you're gonna get someone in the mentor that doesn't know what they're doing yet. So it's just, that that's probably one of the most confusing positions in the entire team to be a mentor, unless you have it all, all laid out. And then, you know, maybe part of your onboarding process is that the the agents actually get access, early access to the team leader, so they're not trained to go to the mentor for stuff. And the mentor also isn't clear, it, does, it doesn't understand, or mentees aren't expressing like, hey, I can reach out these hours. I prefer email, text, or phone. Like, what's your style? So then more recently, we um, copied. So between, like, upgrading them, having clear boundaries, we started making all the mentors take this test. Um, and then, and to kind of figure out, like, hey, this high D and high D type should work together. You know, to talk to the person you should work with a high C mentor. And then we start layering out by, like, um, areas and regions that they worked at. So that's kind of upgraded over time. And we, I think we have, like, a, close to 200 mentees right now we've added like a hundred you know, a couple hundred agents this year to our team so having that that's probably a little further out but having more clear more like concise ways we run it that program has given us like very low like hiccups in the last half year before it was just a mess people are just pissed off all the time i hate my mentor i hate my mentee they don't know what they're doing i can't reach them <laughs> it's so having that just in place has really helped us out Mm-hmm. Sounds like you've really adjusted the expectations for what a mentor's job
0: is. You know, this is contractual yeah. stuff. And then so, Kenny, based on that- but, then...
4: mentors, mentors also feel like they're underpaid too because they're taking on all the other stuff that your team leader or you should be doing. And then when we had that, okay, contracts only. Teach them how to re- read RPA. Don't even deal with doctor to a certain extent. Just get the contract, how to write a contract, how to talk to the client. If you need- and we, It helps that we have a huge training library. You need to learn how to do prior consultation. Don't talk to a mentor yeah. watch the video. Yeah. So that, that's really helped us out. So now everyone feels like everyone's feeling like they're getting their value. Why am I paying this person and such like that? And then we also to separate that your sponsor to the company, they can guide you here and there, but please reach out to your mentor, not your sponsor. Yeah.
0: yeah. What's the recommended uh, just real quick? Sorry, the when someone's just doing contractual stuff, what's the recommended based on your experience uh compensation for a mentor we do,
4: we do 10% the same same expectations as like if they were so they don't feel like they're being ripped off right. um cuz you know like if you're if you're a new agent joining ESP you're required to have a mentor for three deals right 80 yep. 20 split and 10% on top of that goes to mentor 10% goes to ESP so technically you're in a 60 40 split if you join our team then you're in a 50 50 split but then we the team pays the ment men, uh, mentor so you're you're down 10 percent, but we have all our stuff in it and then yeah. we also built it out where if a mentor if the agents partner up on the deal uh, the, the men we see this pretty common if a mentee just partners uh, with any random agent in the office usually some more experience or their friend could be their sponsor um then that deal is typically very commonly 50 50 and then on that deal then the mentor the advisor only gets five percent because then the partner's you know, lugging a lot of that deal. So that we found that to be a good balance on, on payout because that's what you... And then for us, for this is more for recruiting. Um, we give a $1,000 bonus. So that's why a lot of people are signing for these certified mentors on their team. Um, we have like 360 agents on team. 220 is my downline. The other 140 isn't. Um, so the mentor gets a bonus $1,000 on the first transaction. So now our mentors certified on their team have incentive to bring in mentees in, from the ESP system to into our team. And then if if you
0: how would that compensation change if the mentor was expected to go on a listing appointment with the agent or to um well let's say go on a listing appointment I
4: think I think from those we still they'd still do their 50 -50 and then we draw the extra ten percent and just give it and then they have their split right so the eight the I think we end up just paying the mentor an extra ten percent from us they're The the mentor gets benefit still of that somehow. Yeah, I mean it's an extra five percent by the guess. Yeah, but that that doesn't that's very infrequent now. Like we purposely kind of mix things up. Yep, great.
1: That's helpful.
5: We we had one of the because we're obviously not nearly um, Kenny's size, but we had a lot of the similar like we structured ours off of his and Marks, and Kyle, and Dan. so like we just kind of built it, and what we found the majority of the, the friction in the process was coming from us not setting the clear expectations up front, exactly what the mentor is, exactly what the mentor isn't, um, and then the order in which they ask questions, so it's like we we became very clear in the onboarding and in the indoctrination of the agents from the very, very beginning Of your mentor is not your Google. You do not ask stupid, simple shit to your mentor. They are not there to answer every single question that pops into your head. Um, It has taken, and you can literally reach out to shit at this point, damn near 50% of the generals. And we all have universities now that we've stolen from each other. We've ripped off, we've duplicated, we've got content. Kenny has probably one of the most vast libraries of anybody, but it's like every single time you get a question, and this is where agents and team leads are failing at this. It's like you get a question and instead of following the process and saying, you know what, that's actually a really good question. Let's go ahead and hop on a Zoom. And you'll go hop on a Zoom. You'll record the question. You'll record the conversation. And then you go upload that into your library where it's tagged and you have the ability to go find it. But it's like every single time there's a question, you're going to keep getting that same question at least by 75% of the agents. So it's like once you build out that vast enough resource and you've gone through and you've answered all the questions, you've gone through and you built out a pretty healthy university that has great training, it has good standard operating procedures built into it. It's like then that really helps because the majority of it's in the university. But then where people fail, is like you'll build out this university. And it, it, if you guys watch Kyle, how he did this, it was brilliant because you see Kyle, he's constantly having to spank and penalize all the agents for doing stupid stuff that's outside of the process. When he tried switching us from Facebook to Slack, There was so much pressure to get us out of Slack and back into Facebook. And Kyle won, shut it down. Anytime somebody would ask a question in Facebook, he'd say, go ask in Slack. And it's just that constant reinforcement of you're not following the process, go follow the process. When you see people who come in and they ask for referrals, first thing Kyle does is he links the the referral link in the password movement because there's a system that creates the efficiencies. The problem are we just don't use the efficiencies the way that they're supposed to be used. So like, so one, having that library, which Kenny just shared you his. Um, number two, like just having the order. So we have like a communication order. I'll share my screen real quick. And like, we make the agents actually uh, report on this. We changed it from Google that shit. Cause as we got bigger, we had to grow up a little bit. Um, oh, hold on. Oh shoot, where'd it go? So it's like, number one, if they have a question, We want them to Google it. We want them to be resourceful. We want them to try to find their own answer. And if they can't, then at that point, they have to go into the university. And if they still can't find it, they're to ask in the Slack chat, not the direct mentor. And it's like, we've been following this process and it really does work as long as your mentees and your mentors and as long as your administrative and your leadership team ensures that the process is being followed. And then when they could do and they finally get back, to, say they've gone through the university, they've Googled it, they can't get the answer, they asked the team, but they're not getting the answer that they need. At that point, then you can have your agent come in and ask the question. But one of the best things that we've ended up doing is before we answer any questions, what do you think? Because I'm tired, because when you just answer the question for them they're going to become attached to you providing the answers for them every single time, as opposed to you teaching them that they need to be resourceful and that they need to identify their own solution before they ask the question. And they can give you that feedback. And then you can actually hear, and this is one of the greatest parts. Then you have the ability to listen to how this pers- person discerns, how they evaluate problems, their ability to problem solve. Like you have the ability to learn a lot about your team when you let them talk and that heal. And it will either scare the shit out of you <laughs> and you'll want to find a replacement, or it'll make you really confident in the people that you're that you're working with. So just having the communication order, holding it accountable, constantly building out that university to add more content to add some questions that you get. Um, it takes it's a long ass process. Kenny will tell you, his is amazing, probably one of the best in our in our entire group. But it's still a never ending project. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, piggyback like the new. You're you're probably going to continue to struggle with the three agents you have because they're not. They're you're trying to make them change their ways, but our new agents, that's all they know. Like. I think that the mentor is the person that um, it's just no, they need to know where the resources are. Like, Hey, you should talk to, well, we also, it helps that we have a kind of in-house broker person that has open Zoom room until the one, she has all the contract questions, but Hey, this, you should go to Slack for this. You should go to my, we use my networks. You should go to my networks first. So the kind of like what Colton has, and I, I'm actually gonna copy Colton's that page you just popped. but we don't have that. I don't think we have that. So just getting them in order where the mentor is actually the last, like the last option. Be and yeah. well, the dirt, maybe the third option before team lead. Have you checked all this stuff? So, having that stuff built out just makes your life way easier. And then it might be overkill. We, we I'll give you an example too like that spreadsheet that hasn't been updated in over a year and a half, but we we saw um like Kyle Whistles, we saw uh Pemberton, and m- most of us like close to has the same kind of university. We, we asked our t- top agents and we put their name on there who'd be good for this video. Have the agents one sentence of video. So, at the end of this project, there's a, there's a girl, woman cynthia pearson that took the lead of the project and within a couple of months we gave her a salary position she worked for us for a year to be our head of mentorship and education and then as we're building this out we don't need that person that row anymore so like because we have it all built out over time so that's if yeah you if you're you have a slower literally if you have a slower market you more, just sit in front and record the videos and over time you know change the videos or you're not the face of 50 videos because That'd be boring for anyone to watch if it's just one person. So mixing that thing makes it pretty cool. And they have it all organized. Um, we use my networks. My my, my, my business coach um, recommended a new company called School. We're not going to migrate it, but I would recommend taking, taking a look at this new company. I'll drop a link in here. Um, if you're okay. thinking about like Thinkific, t Kujabi, they're all great options. But we, we like main networks. It looks really sleek. It looks really hip and modern. Which one's that, Kenny? Uh, oh, my, we use Mighty Networks. I think it's only 100 bucks a month, too. Some of the other Money options, Networks? I think they charge you per user Mighty. or something like that. Yeah, we use Mighty Networks. And we're, we're really happy I'm with the- it so far. Yeah. Okay. But the school one I'm looks pretty sh- cool. Yeah. Awesome.
5: I'm going to share something with you, too, Steph. Um, let me see if I can... Okay. So... And this outline may not work for you, but it just kind of gives you an idea. And it's like, one, we've got the communication protocol for when they have questions. Um, Like, honestly, 90% of our problems, and it still is, like 90% of them come on to an onboarding problem. And it's like, our onboarding really is what sets the stage and creates the foundation that's gonna make this a, uh, a healthy structure or not. And it's like, so when we go through this, we have our indoctrination period, like what it is that they gotta know, and then you just have to get like really intentional with the training and the trainings we started doing them. And, and when we first started doing this, it was once a week and then it turned into twice a week. And then it turned into, now we're doing three trainings in a week. Um, and like, when you look at Kenny and, and it's what I have to do anytime I pay attention to Kenny, anytime I listen to Kyle, Dan, Mark, it's like, whenever you're looking at their stuff you look at what they say and you're like, oh my God, where am I at? And it's like, just understand this isn't where they started. What you look at of Kenny's systems today is not where Kenny started. Start your chapter one and then work your way to chapter two, three, four, five, and just understand it's going to be a constant evolving process. So week one, we've got our curriculum. So it's like really our mission statement, which is something that we ignored. It's like our core values, what we, all of those things, I think it's way overused in the industry. We're super intentional with what our expectations are of our agents and what the expectations of the agents are to us. And then we go through and we really ensure and like leverage other people's time. So it's like when you go look at all of our different systems that we have, Kajabi, Sierra Interactive, Sisu, MyLopo, Slack, account, like, there's training resources built into all of these different platforms. The problem is if you rely on your agents to go find those resources, they're not going to be there. So it's like when you build them in, go leverage the trainings that already exist for Kajabi and Sierra Interactive. Like go utilize those, build those into your university. Um, and then you'll go to, oops, And then let me go to week two. So like uh, week one, it's just basically systems, our core values, what we stand for as a company. Week two, scripting and objection handling. If you want to screenshot any of that, I'd see right and I don't want to move on too quick. And it's like week three, the CMA and the showing process, how to estimate a home value, how to use the MLS. And again, like how to use the MLS. There's a million trainings built into our MLS resources for it. And a lot of times they won't allow you like uh, people like, well, I can't use their videos in my, yes, you can. Just go screen record their video and then just go upload that screen recording from the MLS's recording and then just go upload it into your university. But it's like, that's one thing I hear people say is I can't take their content. Yeah, you can just screen record it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's legal or not. (laughs) But (laughs) that's that's what we do to make it work. Um, Working with buyers, with sellers, and then life of an escrow and it's like outside of this the majority of the questions can be answered by the team and it's like so here we have our our performance milestones so it's the 30 60 90 day for educational requirements as well as our output and result milestones so completing the university completing the university tests because one thing that we found as you do these universities and you do you have all your trainings it's one thing to create it, but it's another thing to get them to actually implement it and utilize it and listen to it and internalize it. So then we started doing tests with the agent to make sure that they're actually internalizing the information. So the tests were really, really helpful. Uh, we have an in-person in writing test, so they can't cheat. And since we have started doing this, honestly, we don't have, like we have one person training all of our, right now I think we have 25 mentees. There's no, and I check in on him every day. How are you doing? He's like, honestly, they're, they're fine, they're self-sustaining um internalize all the scripts and the objection handlers. showing time uh, they've got their time blocked but here's all kind of the metrics you have to give them something to make them feel like they're making progress towards something um and since we've implemented this it's just honestly it's been a night and day difference for us
2: yeah that's
4: awesome how do you track this i'm trying to think like because then we use money for everything but i don't want to pay for seats so but that's our problem yeah like what, what tools are out there where people can, can check the Sisu? I don't know, It's, it's... it's
5: we're, we're having the same issue right now because it's really, it is time consuming. We have a, I'm, and honestly, I don't even know the process. Um, my ops manager put it all together. Our virtual assistant is one tracking it all, but it would be fantastic if we had a system that spoke to the other system with it being automated. Cause that's the issue with Monday is you don't want to pass the papers see for everyone.
2: Could you maybe do it with Monday and have them as like one of those shared boards? Just making sure like, cause you can share the board with anybody as long as they don't have your company email. I
4: feel like someone's gonna screw something up. Like they'll click someone else's stuff maybe.
2: Well, you could yeah. adjust your um, edit permissions on there. I mean, depending on what um, Monday plan it is that you have. We'll
1: see.
4: I mean, another way to do it, it would just go. So we're um, I mean, you could have hundreds. You could have a ton of Google Sheets with different tabs. I mean, that's a quick. We, we did that with onboarding way back when we hit hundred people, and it just became like a mess. Uh, what we're doing right now is like we're trying to. We have our, we have a VA right now, just checking on everyone's social media, like Yelp page, Facebook business page, and she's going back and forth all day. Hey, have you updated this? Make sure you have the right po- bond and such. But then we're going to like, she's engaging with, she talks to every single person on the team uh, to some extent. We're going to start trying to see who can get people's accountability for the week and then have her go, Hey, did you do your accountability or whatever you said you want to do? I don't, I don't need to see or care what it is, but it ha- since she's engaged with the people all day, but maybe she, we can add her in to also do this, Hey. Have you done your accounting and your checklist? If you haven't, then why? Like, And then they just have, keep giving us an excuse every week, which at some point, hopefully they do something. Back to that university uh,
0: first. Oh, go ahead. So, oh,
1: no, up. go ahead, please.
0: I wanted to ask, back to the university. So what system, so um, Kenny's using My, Mighty Networks. What are you using, Colton?
5: Uh, I use Kajabi.
0: Kajabi. That's what we were looking yeah. at when you shared the screen. That was all in Kajabi?
5: That was in Kajabi. Yeah. Got it. Oh, no, no. So sorry. That, that, what I just showed you was a presentation that we did on this. Um,
0: Oh, got it. Okay.
5: Yeah. And honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Kajabi. I really liked, um, they're all good. They all had different reasons. They're all the same shit, but, um, Kajabi is probably my least favorite of all of them.
0: Okay. Um, Kenny mentioned you not being the one doing all the videos and then Colton, you mentioned pulling in other resources because it all exists already. Um, in this whole university kind of approach, do you guys pull it? So everyone's kind of sharing stuff. Like, Kenny, do you have, I don't know, one of Kyle's videos as part of your university, university? Colton, do no, you have maybe we, one we of Kenny? we don't.
4: We thought about like combining videos and other best practices, but we, we, we don't. And then our, our, my network has our course, but I post a lot of videos, like other people's videos, and we actually have separate um channels for that like we i, I could pull up a screenshot of give you a sec but we when we do like four week boot camp prospecting boot camp we record everything put in there when we did like our prospecting boot camp we did in there When we did new Asian boot camp last year we put in there like and we just it's just someone our one virtual virtual takes everything from slack which is a huge mess but there's just nonstop value and then we just move over things that are, are like more evergreen into our, our thing mm-hmm
5: Yeah, let me, so the one thing with the, and again, it's it's an evolving process and it constantly is solving pain points, but then you find like the university is fantastic for onboarding in the initial, but then if, if Kenny is joining my team or here, let me make this a reality. If I'm joining Kenny's team and, uh, (laughs) and if I'm like, Hey Kenny, and he's like, go look in the university. And then I go look in the university. And it's like, honestly, unless you know that system in and out, it's really, really cumbersome, and it creates a ton of friction for them to have to go find the answer. So it's like the university was great for the onboarding. The university was great for uh, making them test out of it and like show us that they've internalized the information, they've internalized our processes, they've internalized our systems. Um, Then we ended up creating, oh here, I'll let him go through that and then I'll share this. Oh,
4: Kenny, so, you're,
1: you're, you're muted, dude. Hopefully
5: you weren't
1: talking
4: that whole time. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, but you can kind of see the different courses we have, record everything. But that everything you see took years to build, and it's still being built to this day. So as you build it out, it gets easier and easier.
0: Whenever Kenny so what... shares his screen, you know, I always just want to quit the business, just write that in there. It's like, you know what? <laughs> I'll just stop now.
4: Yeah, it's uh well, it someone else built it, it right? Sense. You can tell them, hey, if you do this, you don't have to repeat the same question, like and then you get to make money. Yeah. Yep. No, that's brilliant. We,
5: So one thing that my ops manager put together that's been really helpful because she got sick and tired of the agents, oops, stop sharing. How do I go back? Um, She got sick and tired of people not understanding uh, was she created this and she actually created it in, um, I think it's Google sites and it's a free service. So it's like, this is our hub. So anytime an agent asks a question now, instead of us telling them go find it in the university, we now do this Kyle approach. When somebody says, "Hey guys, da, da 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 da," Kyle's like, "Here's a link that you're supposed to use. Go find the answer." Um, and it's just that constant reinforcement of this is where you find the answer. Hey guys, does anybody know a good uh, handyman? We send in this link to the hub because it trains them to actually go pay attention. So we created this hub, and it's got like all the basic stuff here. Because one of the issues is, is we started having a ton of systems. It's like now they needed the ask, the password, they needed the links. So they literally just plumb, they click it. It takes them directly to the site. So it's all done for them. It really is pretty easy and self-explanatory. The communication order, if they're having issues, we just send them the link again. That guys, follow the process for our communication protocols. And then, like, the vendor list, we get that stuff all the time. So now she just put everything in here to where we have for decluttering, for our door knocker, for our handymen. Like, all of those things are there just so they can go back and use it. And it's like, then like we have our email templates of how we want them to send emails. So it's like, we make sure that they go follow our exact template that we have for submitting offers, um, submitting escrows. Like all they have to do is they come in here and they hit submitting a new listing, submitting a new escrow. And it just all is done for them. If they need marketing, if they need training, like everything's just put in the one easy, simple spot. And it takes that, like, honestly, you could go build this probably in 24 hours if you just copy. Kenny's of mine, and yours will probably be better because you're going to go revise it and change it and do everything that you're going to do with it. But just putting everything in a simple, easy view spot. The biggest problem, and I'm sure Kenny would agree with this, is like trying to keep a bunch of puppies on a blanket. <laughs> so it's just this constant, like, punishing and redirecting and reinforcing. And my coach always tells me is like, you, your job is you're the you're the chief reminding officer. You're the CRO of the company. And it's like we just constantly have to have that reinforcement and reminding. Of how our processes, processes,
1: and systems work. It almost seems like uh, it's interesting.
0: The the my first thought regarding this whole university is like, oh my god, we got to build this whole thing. But I guess what I'm learning is that the best way to build your university is is organically, because then it really is applicable to what your team is going through at that given time. If there's a question that comes up repetitively, you build something where there's a resource. And then when the next te- question comes up, you build something, but to try and look at what you guys have built and just replicate it probably doesn't make sense for me. Probably or for what most Mark teams. does,
4: Mark Paterson said, every time he gets a question, he records it and sends his video. I think he sends the video directly to the person asking and then the library. It shows that you're as a leader, you're like, okay, I'm going I'm going to work on this for you, and then we're gonna upgrade our system, so there's that touch that probably makes it even stronger.
1: yeah, yeah
4: That's great
1: um, I want to go back just for uh, a second. Um,
0: uh, I don't know if, if it was Colton or Kenny you mentioned a uh, deal doctor. It's a term that comes up, and I think some people know what that term means, and some people don't. Is that somebody that people can just go to? For any aspect of the deal throughout the course of the deal?
4: Yeah, we have um she, her titles we call her to Oracle. Like that's late, she has a channel called Oracle Updates. So she she's been my right hand for like four years now. So she all the agents go to her for contract questions. I I I'll hop on the call every couple of weeks. Like um, she has an open Zoom room till so 12 to 1. People just come in and just ask questions. And people usually kind of hang out there during early COVID. Uh, but on a given day, I'll see like six to nine people come in with your most basic questions or your most advanced questions specific to a deal. Uh, and then she's accessible the rest of the day. So that's, if you have a smaller team, you're probably the team leader trying to offer negotiation advice and all that, but we have someone dedicated to that, that people know. And that's kind of like the mom and bear that holds the glue that holds the company together, the heart. So people don't feel like they don't know where to go for something. And like, I'll get one call every like couple of weeks, uh, usually after hours on, on how to like do a deal. But that's on, very, very rare
0: is this something that for the average agent that's not on the team that they're with the XP, that's something they would typically call the broker for. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of pulling that in-house, making it more accessible and yeah. got it.
4: I don't, have a, I don't have experience with the broker, but it's, you know, they're managing a lot. I'm not sure what the quality is. I'm sure it's, it's good enough, but having that extra touch is you know, really helps retention. Well, especially because it's not just
0: about contracts. This is about like negotiation. You're, you're yeah. it's kind of, reading between the lines of the deal in in so many cases got it that makes sense
5: with ours in the deal doctoring it's the same rule though it's like dude most of the questions for the deal doctoring they're super simple they're really easy solutions so it's like first lean on the resources in the team so it's like we we have it broken down and it confuses some people It, it works in our team but it's like short form answers they text it in the slack and it's like hey guys i have this problem what do you do here and it's like the team will answer and they answer it correctly. Like Everybody knows if you're not a veteran on the team, if you don't know the answer, don't answer. But like, I'd say 97% of the time, the answer is the correct answer and it's the answer that I would have given. And then, but like a lot of times it's like a whole in-depth story. So we utilize an app called Marco Polo and we have a team chat and we just, uh, and it's like, if you need context, because a lot of these situations we do need the actual context and setting it via text um, just isn't realistic. And also, knocking on the mentor's door every 13 seconds for one of your got a minutes also isn't appropriate. So it's like, go ask the chat, explain your whole situation on video, it's 10 times easier. And then they'll go answer the long form questions in Marco Polo. And it's like, honestly, it really has mitigated at least like 90% of the questions that we're going to the mentor by forcing it to be answered in the group. And even you- if it's just you, you right now, like I would still require, if it was still my team before, like when we started this, i would require the same process to be followed because one you're adopting a process that can be scaled and two you're, you're protecting your time and arguably your time now is 10 times more important than 10 years of mine. Just because like you're building this and you're trying to get it off of the ground, you need to protect your time more than anything. So you can scale this into an efficient process.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you using Marco Polo? It, 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 like somebody else would use Slack. Is that a similar kind of a.
5: Marco Pol- it's like, we use Slack for 90% of the communication, but if you need, if like sometimes texting, a, a, you could also record a video and put it into Slack if you wanted to, but what my team just utilizes the Marco Polo app quite a bit.
0: So the, the value, value of Marco Polo video. is, it's video, it's, it's more of, it's, it's yeah,
5: yep. it's video, it's a video walkie talkie. And it's like, it's not like a phone call where you interrupt my appointment and then it takes me three hours to get back to you. Like we all, we pick it up when we're free, we'll look in, catch up on the Marco Polo's answer. It works really well. My coach is actually the one, that's how he communicates with us and it's so easy and convenient.
1: Got it. Anybody else have anything to add on this subject before we switch gears?
0: All right, cool. Um, Something that I wanted to just kind of throw out there for all of us is: um, it seems like you know, um, events are just so powerful. People make big decisions at big events, whether it's people wanting to switch brokerages and come over to EXP, whether it's people wanting to join our teams, whether it's clients wanting to to really get engaged with us. You know, buyers and sellers they come to an event and they feel feel so much gratitude to be engaged. I wanted to move more to the to the client level, um, and just just start listing out really, and this is for selfish reasons, but hopefully everyone will get some value. What are some events that you guys are really having success with that you that you feel like um, we always try and do events that have some charitable aspect to it and engages people in a, in a deeper capacity, but can we just open the floor and just ask everybody what events they're doing throughout the course of the year? Are you guys doing one a quarter? Um, are you doing some bigger events or some smaller events? Whatever you can share would be uh, much appreciated.
4: I want to talk about event like I went to. We, we didn't host it, that I, I thought was one of my favorite events I attended from a top on the $100 million team down here. Um, they did a wealth building um, thing, like in a, in a small conference room in the hotel and have food and drinks afterwards. But they talked about wealth building panel session. They brought in a couple of local agents that's just part of the community, contributed a little bit in the, from the audience. They brought in past clients and brought in future clients. And then this person, like the leader of the, the team, started talking about house hacking and how to upgrade for it and so on and so on. And then a couple of people in the audience was like, they were broke and now they own duplexes. So it was cool to kind of get a mixed crowd, but it's, it's all very much their network. Like it was a, a pri- private invite only event uh, mm-hmm. between a couple of local agents, their past clients, future clients at panel. I haven't seen, I haven't been something that like unique and that's, and then their whole brand spot built well. So I thought that was a really cool event. I'm trying to encourage my agents to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're attracting just a wonderful quality of, person to that event anybody that wants to come to an event to learn how to build wealth that's somebody you want to associate with okay what other client facing events are you guys doing that that you're enjoying or that that have been helpful or really built value amongst your database
5: the best one we have and it's um very we're regionally blessed with this ability to do it Um, is we rent a boat in Newport Harbor. It only cost us like 2,500 bucks for this huge boat. Um, And we can only invite, I think with our team, plus the uh, people that we do, I think we're only allowed like 60 people. But it's like, honestly, what we found is our smaller events are 10 times more effective than the bigger events. It's like, it's it's a lot easier. We get a lot more proximity. We have much better conversations. We get to know people a lot more. Um, and it puts everybody not in a movie theater to where you're like, "Hi guys, thank you so much for coming to our blah blah blah." Movie goes off, and then everybody takes off at the end. Like it's it's none of the trying to corral everybody into take your raffle ticket here, write a review, and get your drink. Take like it's none of that. It's show up here. We're gonna go on a sunset cruise in Newport Harbor, and the boat's gonna keep us captive for two hours, and it literally just idles and puts around the harbor. And it's created like just the, the it's the by far hands down the best event the best thing that we've ever done because wow. it's crazy crazy it's something that everybody wants to come do and it's Newport Beach and it's nice and beautiful but like so when one thing that this event made us realize it's like what can we do to create this in the other events that are of course going to be different it's like what's going to create this not weird thing where it's just an intro and us trying to growl them through our circuits. It's like, what type of events can we throw that's genuinely going to create proximity and give us the ability to go build better, more in-depth relationships with our clients? And so it's like, that's where we're at now. It's like, hey, let's scrap the movie theater shit because we hate those in comparison to this. Let's scrap the pumpkin patch because we hate it in comparison to this. Let's scratch the Christmas tree removal because it, it sucks in comparison to this. So we're trying to figure out how we can create that same environment without a boat every single time.
0: That boat. One, are you doing that once a year then, or are you doing it more than once a year? Once a
5: year. It's our summer. It's our yep. summer trip.
0: And uh, would you recommend for teams that are, you know, getting their event business, call it, um, off the ground? Are there some of those other ones that, I mean, we've rented a movie theater before, and I thought I was like, what the hell are we doing this for? Like, we spent a bunch of money, and it was probably my fault because I did a poor job. We rented an ice skating rink, and everyone had fun for the day, but we did a poor job in like, building something from that, are there some events that are just more impactful to invite your whole database to, to invite, you know, a a lot of people to, I love the idea of a boat. That's uh, like three weeks ago, I was invited onto a boat, like some architect and he invited a bunch of agents. It was crazy how deep we went. Like it was so impactful and we all had just like an amazing, it was, it was like truly like it transformed relationships. So it was special. I get it.
1: Yeah,
5: and it's hard. I don't know because they, I, we, I don't like the movie theater events too. It's like, I wanted the same thing. like, I don't understand why we do this. It's not fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. I can
6: share an event that we do. It's yeah. um, very small and in, in in comparison to what you guys are talking about, but it does get us really involved with the community. So because we're in the business of moving people in and out of their houses, we have found or I have found over the years, it's a lot easier to ask people for things that they don't want versus asking them for money when we're trying to help uh, a local charity raise money and things like this. And by accident, by default, organically, we have all these people moving and they don't want to take all their stuff and they have the stuff they don't want. So around this time of the year, we start reaching out to our customer base uh, as much personally as we possibly can, not just um, emails and things like that and asking, hey, we want the stuff that you don't want, we collect it for a couple of months, we throw it on the front lawn of my office and we yard sale it and the money goes to charity. So we're telling people, it gives us a reason to reach out to our sphere. We're helping people get rid of stuff and recycling it. And we're helping other people in the local community who can't afford to buy things brand new to get some amazing stuff at a great deal. And it's and then the customers, they help, they give us the stuff. So we have the opportunity to fraternize them with, with that way. Then they come to the yard sale. They help support the yard sale. Um, They see what we're doing. So we get to engage with them a lot and it's it's over a period of time.
1: And then we raise money for a local charity and we give them the cash. I like that. That's awesome.
0: Very, very easy to reach out to people and ask them to participate when you're doing something charitable. It's an easy call for agents to make to their client base. What else? What other events do you guys, um, I mean, I think there's the typical ones, like the the movie theaters, the pie giveaways, you know, that sort of thing. Anything else? Uh, Or maybe we don't have to get fancy. What are, what are some impactful things that you guys are doing? Is it a, you know, anybody do anything like at a brewery or, or, or even maybe you guys have in some cases grown out of your office. Do you do any events at your office anymore or no? Kenny, I
5: know you do. We're starting because now we have a big enough building and we have a big enough lot to where we're going to do our Christmas event, um, at our office. But I know Kenny crushes it on that.
4: Yeah. We done, we do a ton of events, in our office, and we even opened up to like banks. Like we've done Asian real estate association. They, they have some events, there, mixers. We did like a NAREP, rep single the mile party, Wells Fargo has whole, like their events and bringing other agents and lenders, bank of America, stuff like that. And client appreciation parties are great we it's really inexpensive for our agents and we chart we typically charge them 250 dollars to use our space they have like a two thousand square feet location my 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 main warehouse is like nine thousand square feet um and really the only roughly the only overhead cost for a party like that is a taco truck typically a thousand to fifteen hundred for a really nice one and some food and drinks and tip i'll see like an average like 50 to 100 people will show up for these kind of appreciation parties um outside of that we just hold panels i mean panels are just a really big part of our business next year i i give some event you don't need a big space to do it. so next year where we have a really um big go i don't know i, I think we're gonna hit it or try to we're we want to do 200 events we're also including the client appreciation parties the, like the small stuff here and there but in the bay area i have seven retail offices um so Right now, the promotion is a hard part, especially I don't know a lot of agents outside my immediate market because I'm known in Oakland, but not like an hour away each way. Like Some people might know me, but I don't have much of a presence there. So we're trying to build like a Monday intake form. I'll show you our intake form too. Monday intake form so we can start collecting people. When we send out events information, like on the bottom, like, hey, would you like to speak at an event? So we're trying to collect other top agents in each market and like, what would you like to speak on? And start gathering a bunch of them. And then, okay, well, if we can get... X amount agents here. Uh, then let's put up. Let's then put an event for these agents and hosting them, and have one of my uh, local agents um, be the moderator. Last year, we had really successful events, such as um, I'm thinking throughout the year chronog- chronologically is that we had a Black uh, Women in History uh, event. We have a Moms panel. Then we had a Mother's Day, the separate one um, Mother's Day panel, a Pride LGBT Month panel, a Dads and Real Estate panel. A Latinas and real estate panels. So we did that on one single office. So this year we're trying to replicate that into like off multiple offices in the same week. So that's easily right there, like at least like 30, 40 panels. And then you layer the other stuff on. It's, you know, it, it was our earlier, earlier ones took literally like 30 something hours to create an event. Now we're probably close to 10 hours. Like uh, we have all like the web, and then we're, we kind of stretched it to really maximize it. Uh, here's like, this has not been updated in half a year, but just give you an example. Our, our marketing coordinator actually quit too, cause we started overloading over too much work. But what we did do was, instead of this event being event bright, then we started doing social media promo videos. Then we did the website, and then we did, uh, then afterwards we do the reels. And so we keep we're stretching out the event to be like re- a really big deal um, to get more people. But that's actually hurting us a little bit. Cause I'm throwing a party right now. It's cost me over 100 grand um, in two weeks. To, uh, we're doing a two-day panel try to copy what uh like dan and cal's done we're education one day we have like 60 sales for that and then our ticket sales for other things like around 70 sales right now we're trying to get to 300 so it's we're pushing really hard right now um but education the next day do a big fancy party at this big warehouse this year we cut back on a holiday party last year i spent 30 grand this year i'm hoping come out pocket like 60 grand tops you know we have 360 sales team members so we're okay to spend a little more for for our large group size but we're because we have so many events i don't think people realize how special this event is they just think it's another event so that's might be a struggle we we deal with but we want to set the uh set the year off right with this big one
0: so all these 200 events these are all for agent attraction these are all also, agent facing agent attraction
4: i'm kind of like the local stuff to like the like the client appreciation stuff too i mean it's either agent attraction or get business but it's whatever's easy to do and then our, our strategy for the um the panels is always, always. We only did this not correctly one time last year because we couldn't find another LGBT realtor that wanted to speak or could speak that week. But our events are always just maximum one ESP agent or maximum one team member, and then the other three speakers are um, are other companies. We had one event where we didn't coordinate. We actually uh, that was actually the the Black Women in History one because we we did a separate one just specific Black. But then we let someone else, the previous two team members, host it. They brought in like two good speakers and two, three random people. And I didn't want to tell them that the three random people, but they weren't good speakers and they didn't match influence. So that, that didn't draw a large crowd. So if you're holding events, you do want some like people with at least social influence so they can invite people or, or draw a crowd out. Um, yeah. So this year, we, we learned a lot from last year and coordinating this stuff. On live streams, live streams have always helped. We had like on average 60 people live stream and they couldn't make it to the event. We set the cameras, is is, is tied to the wall. We have a pole arm and we did, when we did Irvine event, we also 60 people. So that's also like, just get away to get people. And then one of the coolest events we did last year, actually we had two big events we did last year. uh, What this year I'm talking about. Uh, We did this thing called Real Estate Tales from the Crypt for Halloween, where um, two people canceled last minute speakers but we had three speakers speak. It was all like decked out, it was in the like dark dark lighting, big couches. we copied this thing called Fuck up night so three agents went on stage and talked about horror stories about like uh, uh, mediation and lawsuits and open houses and all dying it was pretty crazy stuff but it was such a not a content but it was such a fun event immediately after that was like five people was like hey, i want to join your team another event we did with the mastermind you e- called mastermind.evo um, and then we it was, it's kind of bar camp style also two people cancelled last minute but we had three blocks of a half hour to 45 minute talks we were able to get the t- number one agent at Sotheby's an uh, individual in our area and uh com compass good friends of mine, and we had like hundred thirty people in our office that I like that event I could talk about it didn't cost me any money, we didn't offer food or drinks they we just promoted and it and sold out like within a week um and then from that we picked up five agents for a team so it's once you get in motion and do the right marketing and all that you can it's it's really and then, and then they you know it's a win win for the people speaking because they get the presence and the video and the cloud and all that hundred percent yeah so events getting other speakers are huge and it's, you know, people, we're so known for events. A lot of people don't want to walk in their environment because they know, they know every event kind of is an attraction event. So they literally try not to even be in our space, but we're, you we know, we're pushing away at it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Such a good call. Thank you guys for sharing. We are out of time. Everybody. Thanks for your participation. Um, happy new year to y'all. <laughs> yes. May Each one of you have just the best new year, lots of health, lots of wealth lots of happiness, all that good
1: stuff. You guys are the best. Take good care. Happy New Year, everybody.
5: See you later.